2: Great to on Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, a lot to get into. Man, it'd be great to be kicking off this weekend with fabulous weather. We'll just have to watch other college football and enjoy the sunshine. Uh, plenty to dive into. Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star, is going to join us. With some big red talk in about 20 minutes. The pride of Fairberry back Bill Dolman in the 5 o'clock hour. And then Dean Blevins will catch him on the way to Dallas for the Red River shootout. Oklahoma and Texas. Danny Burke, prime of Chicago. Burke's best bets coming up at 540. You can join us at 466 3776 466 37 76800 825 5865 can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, follow me there. Or uh, Elijah Herbal. At Herbal Essence is where you find Elijah on Twitter. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So, We can spend some more time on the quarterback spot and uh, a nice message. My phone's all – does this happen to you? Let's just go into the whole uh, smartphone discussion for two seconds because it's vital. I want to look up point spreads. I want to look up schedules. And I want to look up, uh, you know, kickoff times. Mm -hmm. Those are three key things for me. Texting, yes, yes. Twitter, yes. Email, yes. But as a sports fan, I want to know what time Seattle's kicking off for my kid. All right, I want to know when first pitch is for Game 5 between the Rays and Yankees. I want to know when, when Denver or Kansas City is getting ready to go on a Sunday or what time kickoff is for Clemson and Miami on Saturday. I have that kind of memorized typically, but just to be sure, to, to plan around, okay, where do I need to fit golf in and then football? I go to my phone, and, you know, it's, it's two years old, which means, hell, it's time to get a new one. I, I looked at it. There's a nice message from our dear friend Doug Duda out on ESPN 1460 and 1550. And all of a sudden, I don't even use Siri, and it just starts chirping at me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm going
2: to take a freaking hammer to this thing.
0: I assume it's because you, uh, you press the little side button to, to shut it off. And... I just I, I just looked at it, kind of. <laughs> no, uh, my problem with my phone right now is my service provider. We will get into football, I promise. But I, I'm not going to name names, but they've been throttling me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they went through a, re- a recent of... merger with another big company. I'm... You and I are in the same throttling line. Yeah, and now I, I never used to get throttled. And now I'm getting stuck at like 2.5 megabytes per, um, from a download speed, and it's
2: just it's right. brutal. It's and brutal. Uh, Yeah, and if I want to do a little prep, and it depends where I, I am in the home, to, to what type of service I'm going to get, it's awful. It's horrific. All right, this is someone yelling at us to get into football. We'll do it. We'll talk some quarterbacks. We'll get into running backs. And uh, we did not have enough time yesterday to hear from Coach Ryan Held. So that is uh, going to happen here shortly. But when it comes to quarterbacks and uh, what Nebraska has this year with Adrian Martinez, with Luke McCaffrey, and uh, the reality of, okay, uh, what's the, the, the competition like? Who's going to start? How much McCaffrey will you see? All those things are are good questions. You've got two weeks to ride it out with the rest of us, and then there's kickoff, big noon, Ohio State. But Nebraska's got a, a really nice situation at quarterback. You can't really discount that. Uh, I think Adrian's going to be the guy. There's still two weeks. There's still a scrimmage. There's still practices to be had. But what I don't think you you will see is just uh, some of your best players gathering dust. That is Luke McCaffrey he's one of your best players I think you're going to see him used and that may be at quarterback that may be at wide receiver that may be in the slot whatever Uh, you can't not put him on the field you can't not play him it's tricky though because you don't want to disrupt offensive flow right and that's what you've been kind of striving for more consistency on offense you're going to get that with an offensive line in a running game I think you're going to get that uh, with uh, some of the the additions you have in the wide receiver room and the depth you have at tight end. All that being said, you're going to see Luke McCaffrey play this year. How many snaps at quarterback or other spots, time will tell with that, but I think that's a good thing, and you can be free – to run Adrian Martinez. Let's be realistic about Nebraska's offense last year. When they were at their best, there was Adrian Martinez as a run threat. Okay, and that could be six carries. That could be eight carries. What do he end up with against the, the the Illini in that comeback? It was it was probably around fifteen, right? I mean, it was closer to that twenty mark than than a lot of other contests. And while he, you want him to stay healthy. You've got a backup that you feel good about, and uh, you can go ahead and let him run, and 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 have him run tough. Let's go to the phones real quick. What's your thoughts on that, Elijah? Chris, thanks for jumping into Hale Varsity. Go ahead, bud.
3: Hey, Schmitty. So I'm going to go just a, a tad off the board here, and I, I'm going to I need to ask you a question. Please do. Uh, based on a, a conversation that me and some buddies have kind of been texting back and forth, and that's what is the best idea that you've heard or yourself uh, for one of the cutouts that it's going to go into Memorial Stadium? Like a a character, you know, are you guys going to play a prank on a a buddy of yours or anything like that? You got anything? You know,
2: I think, I think what'd be kind of funny is the, the, the South Park stuff that the Broncos did was great. Okay. So I, I liked that as far as a prank goes, you know, it'd be funny to have cutouts at Memorial Stadium, of of guys, and think about like some of the nemesis that, that's been there for Nebraska, and that'd be cutouts of Switzer, of Mac Brown, of of pick a Miami coach, maybe just Bernie Kosar with a, a loud Hawaiian shirt and some nose hair somewhere okay. in the stadium, uh, and maybe uh, maybe you have a Heisman section that's not necessarily a prank, but you have like. We know the numbers that are inside the stadium, right? The retired numbers. It'd be cool yep. to have, a, a, a like, the pipeline cut out. That'd be all right for me, like, front row of the south end zone. Get me yep. the, the, the five starters of the offensive line from 94. Get me the, the, the 96 defense or, the you know, give me the, the, the 95 starting defensive line, the Peter Brothers, Wistrom, and Tomich on the other, the, the north end zone. I don't know do you have a prank or something to be kind of funny to put in there? That's a good question.
3: Yeah. So we went, we went the other way. We went more humorous. Um, so what, you know, what I, I guess what I had proposed is, you know, one of my best friends, I'm going to, I'm going to get a picture of his wife. And then I'm thinking probably like, uh, Thor, somebody that next to her, you know, somebody that's way better looking than him, um, <laughs> next to her. And then the other one that we're going with is, is and I, I, he may or may not be listening. So, um, uh, remember the the opener, the Riley opener, and when B- BYU got us. Well, yes. we've got a we've got a screen grab of my buddy, his face, his facial reaction at the like the moment, um, and because he, he was on he was on national television, you know. So he has this like oh bleep look on his face, right? And I think we're gonna we're gonna get as many of those into the stadium as we can.
2: So can you email so, that screenshot? I want to tweet that out.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, I
2: can. That that's hilarious. Well, I remember that. It, it was like it was yesterday, and I—that's the last time I bet. Okay, like I—I I, I picked my spots. I did my own special Schmidt math in that BYU game. I'm like, there's no way that BYU doesn't cover because you had three or four dudes suspended for Nebraska, okay? Mm-hmm. And you had a you know a 38 year old starting quarterback for BYU, and and they were all kind of tough, and they just kind of beat up Nebraska. And Nebraska had that thing won until the, oops, we didn't knock it down moment. Right? Yep. <laughs> that was just like, oh, my God, this year's going to go brutal. But uh, things ended okay in 15, you know, with Riley against Michigan State, the bowl win against UCLA. But, man, things – that – am I wrong? That was a 10- or 11-win football team.
3: They they should have been, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I – I was walking out. I was in the concourse. I didn't even. I thought, oh, there's no way we're gonna pee this down our leg, and we're out. And all of a sudden, it was the other direction, and I just, oh man! So
2: it, it, it was twenty. Well, was it twenty-eight, twenty-seven? Nebraska's running the football. They need one more third down conversion, and then Taysom Hill, who, by the way, got knocked out of that game, right? Yeah. So you, you bring in the other backup, thirty-eight-year-old uh, Mangum. Yeah, Mangum. And he just chucks it with, with a three-man rush, and uh, all hell breaks breaks loose because it's the first you know home opener loss since Bowden in Florida State. But send me that look of disbelief. I remember McDonough's call. It was an incredible call. Just a bad moment for Nebraska. But I love the cutout. Uh, your wife's yep. your 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 wife's uh, your buddy's wife's okay with this? The, the picture of her with Thor. I.
3: Uh, yeah. She doesn't really have a choice. So.
2: <laughs> What's this going to run you?
3: Oh, hell. I, I, whatever it is, it's going to be worth it. I don't know. <laughs> you don't get opportunities like this all the time. No. We play pranks on, on each other like this all the time. That's I good. mean, I could share other stories off the record, you know, with you.
2: So. That'd be good. No, but, that that'd be. Okay. we can change the name kind of like, you know, Fargo um, yeah. And, yeah. and go there. Chris, thanks for the call, brother. Thanks for uh, – appreciate good. you, man. That was good. No, the, the, the cutout stuff would be awesome. I, I think just something, haven't. Some with Desmond Howard. There's got to be something with that going
0: in the stadium. <laughs> Desmond Howard and, and Michael Wilbon. Well, Th- those two have got to be in the
2: cutout section. You know what'd be funny is if you put Wilbon, forty, and uh, and Desmond and Howard. Desmond like the top row, the top 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 row of of, of East Stadium, like where X seats are at. <laughs> He, Way up where, in the nosebleeds. <laughs> bless his heart. I mean, he's a he's a program supporter. But I'm going <laughs> to do a game with Kradak. It's Tommy Armstrong's first start. It's like four degrees in October, and we're up there where the wind and airplanes roam and, and you need an oxygen tank while you're up there. Or maybe not to be obese and drinking profusely before kickoff. But the point is, is yeah, up up like beyond cranack seats in east stadium have the 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 criticism section and i think those three would work forty desmond and wilbon mm. that wouldn't be too you bad actually stick them we've all seen pictures right watching nebraska and you have the, the they come back from break and then you zoom into the top and you know, the folks that have the, 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 the last row at Memorial Stadium pre-Skybox expansion and suites, uh, the old Sunset Stadium picture. I have that in the garage, 1990, where you've got like a family of 30 that have been going together, top row, West stadium, West Balcony or East Balcony um, or South Stadium, the, the very top right before below the camera well where people just stand up and watch. And that's that's how they did things. forever.
0: I think we definitely also need in the stadium a uh, picture of Verdusco cigar in mouth.
2: Oh, you, you need necessary. You, you need the the Godfather look. Now, do you want Verdusco walking from bus to North Stadium, where it's it's perfectly placed in the side of his cheek, or do you want that picture that's floating around of Verdusco at Fan Day?
0: Oh, that one's—he's wearing the sunglasses. That one—he's yeah, got DJ, the sunglasses,
2: yeah. and he's got the big cigar. He got like the smile too. Yeah, he's yeah. got the yeah, he's got the smile. Dude, I, you need the Verduzco cigar picture. That's a great. We'll have to ask Parker about this too. There's one uh, uh, of to that is out there where it looks like he's got monster dand- dandruff problems. There was snowfall one year against Kansas, so it was a snow game, and he's got these giant flakes. On his big red head. <laughs> that cut out in color would be perfect. That yeah, would. The, the problem with getting the funny ones in is I feel like
0: the majority of them would be censored by Nebraska. I want to do somebody kissing Kevin Warren's butt.
2: Like, do a little Photoshop no, but I don't yeah. think that's ever getting in. No. Well, I mean, there was a time where you, you could have distracting pictures underneath the... Uh, when someone's trying to shoot free throws? Because mm. Arizona State's got the curtain of distraction. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's pretty good. I remember when Phelps came out of the curtain of distraction. He had, he was like in his Speedo and stuff. That was awesome. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point. I'm glad Chris made it a little bit of a lighter Friday start versus news, news, news. But we've got news. Back to the quarterback spot. I think it's fair to say you're going to see a lot. Of, you'll see more um, offensive snaps by McCaffrey. Fair to say. Uh, wherever that may be why why not use him you did last year and let's be straight you want to keep him in the mix not only to to step in uh if he is the number two or if he wins the job and i don't know that adrian will lose the job i think he's done pretty well this camp uh but you need you need to use luke and not be afraid to um to let him do his thing on offense and and enhance the offense.
0: Yeah, I, I look at how the Saints use Taysom Hill. Right. Where it's not, he's not a gadget player for that Saints team. And, and that's what some Husker fans I think want for Luke McCaffrey. Come in, oh, stick him out at wide receiver and then you can give him a screen and he could also throw the ball, stuff like that. I, I don't want the, the gadget type. I want the we're in the red zone. I mean, the Huskers' red zone problems have been well-documented. Mm-hmm. And to have a quarterback like Luke McCaffrey, who's so dynamic running the ball just as much as he is throwing the ball, I think he'd be a great option to throw in the red I, zone. You know,
2: and, and the other part of this, too, is with with Adrian using his legs potentially more this this season, or at least starting the year healthy, or you're not afraid, what do we got in backup? up? Um, I think you'll see the red zone efficiency increase, because when they were good, it was Adrian... A lot of times running the football in. But numbers are numbers when it comes to touchdown passes in the red zone. Uh, a threat to Adrian and Mills inside the red zone, running it in, it's a good thing. Parker Gabriel's coming up on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time out of Friday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I uh, love this topic that Chris, uh, longtime listener, threw out there. He's got a prank. It's his buddy's facial expression that made ABC on the Hail Mary BYU caught. And uh, he is going to put that in as part of the cutout uh, fandom at Memorial Stadium. He's working on that. Uh, There is a beautiful tailgate picture with my five-year-old son and uh, Joe Papa. Uh, They posed for that uh, Oregon week. Uh, this is a tailgate before the Oregon-Nebraska game in 16. And it looks like Junior had uh, consumed 14 buckets of Miller Lite. Uh, I think that is quite hilarious. Let's bring on Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star. Parker, is there a cutout you'd put in the stadium if you could?
4: <laughs> um, There's this uh, mugshot that I probably shouldn't talk about of Sipples from like... <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, no. When he's, um, yeah, he's like leaning through like a window that's not really a window. It must be in the studio or something. Uh, and he's sworn that he would kill me if I ever like put it on Twitter or something. So, but like, I wonder if we just sort of snuck that into the <laughs> Memorial Stadium crowd, like, if it would be found.
2: He went mugshot? Oh, no. Well, the thing is, is like, not a
4: crime mugshot, okay. like, you know, from the newspaper. Yeah, 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 yeah a, okay. I, I should clarify, newspapers, you know, we have, we call a mugshot. Uh, Thank you. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate the reporters from, you know, the, you know, everyone else anyways, Gen Pop, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's from quite a while ago um, and it would, I would probably, I would have. I'd have to watch my back pretty carefully, but it might be worth it.
2: He would tire iron you. You know that.
4: Yeah, I think so. Uh, and you know, I I probably don't need to take that kind of risk. But if it was for the greater good, you know, it, it could be done.
2: That's funny. Parker Gabriel's with us, Lincoln Journal Star at Husker Extra P, uh, BG is where you find him on Twitter. So that's pretty good. Uh, I, you know, there's got to be. I wonder if someone had guts enough and there's lots of guts in that, that coaching staff, but could you find a really bad grade school picture of Frosty and put it out there? Uh,
4: a grade school picture
2: of who? Of, of, of Coach Frost. Like, you know, we all had oh, awful yeah, awful pictures growing up, man, like where our ears are seven times bigger than our head, you know, that awkward st- – yeah. I'm just saying, everyone's got a bad school yearbook picture. Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, maybe there should be a collection of them. You know, you could have all sorts of... There's all sorts of people you could probably find uh, unfortunate, you know, school yearbook photos of.
2: They have not been burned yet. Parker, let's get into football and, and pretty um, pretty good stuff from, from uh, Adrian yesterday and uh, and Luke McCaffrey. And, you know, I guess I'm going to throw out there, are, are you pretty confident that... Well, do you think Luke will be part of, of the offense? Will he be... Uh, more than just kind of a, a a trick play guy, do you think you'll you'll see more snaps from him in in, in using that versatility he's got, or do you think he's just going to be you know backing up and, and maybe seeing some some series here and there at quarterback? I mean, do you have a do you have a feel at all?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't I don't really have a feel, um, just beyond what I think, which at this point is you know, speculation really only Mm -hmm. informed by, you know, what we've we've heard from the people involved. Um, I mean, I think he's – I get the feeling that he's just – he's going to be involved in some way, shape, or form when you're talking about Luke McCaffrey. And I I don't know – like, on the one hand, I really don't think that they're going to use him extensively as like a receiver or a running back or anything like that because they just – they don't have enough depth at quarterback to risk him getting hurt doing something like that at the same token. He's he's a very talented player. And I just think that they probably are going to look for some way to get him involved. I mean, if Adrian Martinez is playing well, you don't necessarily want to take him off the field or right. take the ball out of his hands. And at the same time, you want to find a way to get, an athlete is dynamic as dynamic as McCaffrey involved too. So it really, I mean, I think it's an opportunity for for creativity. Um, I don't, I mean, I, it it sounded clear to me that that Adrian, you know, yesterday in talking feels a sense of competition uh, from from Luke. Um, but what that means, you know, beyond the the basics that you know, that they're both pretty good players. I don't really know. So I guess it just um, – I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But one way or another – and and all of that is before the, the injury talk, right? I mean, Adrian Martinez has missed games each of the last two seasons. That doesn't mean he will this year. Um, but clearly McCaffrey's a guy that they feel good about, whether it's playing him by design or in packages or in a timeshare or in – Uh, you know, due due to an injury to to Martinez.
2: Parker Gabriel's with us. Lincoln Journal star, Husker football two weeks away against Ohio State. Running game, uh, we'll hear from Coach Held here from yesterday in a little bit, but you know Nebraska's got to feel pretty good not only with, with Mills and his comfort level and the work he's put in and how he finished the year, but the guys behind Mills, and I know you spent some time writing and, and doing some work on, on Ronald Tompkins, and this dude's been through a ton. That was laid out yeah. uh, in, in pretty high detail, uh, and he is still a special back. He just needs to stay healthy. When, from what you've heard uh, about Tompkins' What's his style, and we can watch film pre-injury or even uh, a little bit um, post-injury. But but now we're we're yeah. in 2020. What what's his best attribute as a back? Is is he uh, a shake and bake guy? Is is he a, a speedster, even with the, the knee issues, or does he have a combo of a lot of things? What, what what's his reputation?
4: Yeah, well, I think out of high school, I mean it, the 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 sort of scouting report on him was that he's really an all-around back, you know, three-down type uh, back a guy who could be, you know, who you could play in any situation. Um, exactly what he is coming off the injury, I don't really know. Um, you know, I I know that they're going to be careful with his reps. Um, obviously, you've got a senior in Dedrick Mills, so there's no reason, you know, that Ronald Tompkins needs to be a, a really heavy workload type of guy. But he um, was someone who... You know, when you look at the way he's built, he's listed at 5'11", and, and and you know he he's a physical specimen now, and 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 he's so he's a guy that you think probably has a little bit of power, um, and and also can make you miss. And then I guess the thing that we don't really know at this point um, is what the top end speed looks like. Um, but if he works his way, which you know we think is possible, if he works his way into to being sort of in the top three with uh, Dietrich Mills, and you know the. I guess the, then the most experienced guy after Dietrich Mills is Ramir Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it was those three or another combination of three that, uh, that Ronald Tompkins was sort of involved in, and, and even if that just meant a, a small you know, or situational role for him, um, I think you know, he, can, he maybe can bring something to the
5: table.
0: Talking with Parker Gabriel here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Parker, when you look at Dedrick Mills, he's not the the traditional back that's been featured in a Scott Frost offense, especially when you go back and look at Oregon and UCF. But he had another similar type guy in Divine Azigbo, and now he's riding uh, Dedrick Mills. Uh, but do you think looking forward that Scott Frost has realized that he needs a type of back like that to compete in the Big Ten, or is he just riding with the best back that he's got right now? Well,
4: I think it's mostly just about the best about the best back you have on your roster. And and right now, that's that's obviously Dietrich Mills, uh, you know, especially with the experience he brings. But, I mean, I think everything is a little bit, you know, different in the Big Ten, not fully. Um, But, you know, that 2017 year um, at Central Florida, their two best backs by the end of the year, I believe they had a bigger back that got hurt. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But, you know, they had – Otis Anderson and Adrian Killen. Mm-hmm. Both those guys were really small. Uh, and you can make that work, uh, you know, in the American, but maybe not in uh, the Big Ten. So, I mean, you're always, you want to have a combination of, of, of size and speed. Uh, if you can get it all in one package, obviously, that's great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look around the Big Ten, and there's not many guys that are feature backs in the Big Ten who, you know, weigh 160 pounds. I mean, You've got to have some. Uh, you got to have some guys that can, that can you know put it up there between the tackles and, and still run away from people. And so I think Nebraska thinks it's got uh, young players like that on its roster. Ramir Johnson's a little bit on the smaller side, but he's he put on good weight this off season. Uh, and then in that freshman class with um, you know Marvin Scott and Savion Morrison too. I mean, there's two guys who who you know you at least like the potential of, and then it's up to them to, to make good on that, obviously.
2: Parker Gabriel's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Reed Parker with the Journal Star. Great Nebraska coverage from him. Parker, uh, two weeks from tomorrow, it's Ohio State. It's big noon kickoff. Do you think we'll see Omar Manning on the field in two weeks?
4: Yeah, I think that sort of remains an open question. Uh, I, I don't know. I know uh, our our columnist Steve Sippel, um, has has said that he. You would doubt it. Uh, We haven't heard anything categorical on that, obviously. Um, I thought it was interesting that Frost said on the radio uh, earlier this week that he looks forward to Omar Manning being a big part of the team in the future. Um, Don't know. Obviously, no, he's missing time uh, recently. Um, You know, I wouldn't – until there's an an official word, I wouldn't wouldn't rule out him, you know, contributing uh, this year. Uh, But what the timeline on that is, I think we really have to wait um maybe for Matt Lubick next week but in all likelihood um for the next time you know Scott Frost takes questions from reporters uh before we would know something unless they you know announce something uh, before that
2: mm-hmm. say let's just say Manning isn't ready for whatever reason uh you've got Wandale you've got Warner and you know uh, Alante Brown is Nebraska going to be able to to be a threat at whiteout is, is nice as, as Manning is, right? And that was the hope about a minute here. Is Nebraska, how, how much does that knock down, what they can do at whiteout without really any disrespect to the guys already there, but you've got a freak athlete that you were hoping for to be on the field Saturdays?
4: Yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, we've seen so little, um, you know, of Nebraska on the field that it, it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. I guess what I would say is, They've done some things to improve the size in that room besides just adding Omar Manning. I mean, you know, Levi Falk is a guy that's listed at, at six foot two. Um, you know, Cade Warner's put on a little bit of size, and, and, and we'll see, um, you know, what that picture looks like with those guys. They've got some, I'm not trying to sit here and say that, you know, Wyatt Lever is a full replacement for Omar Manning, but I think they've got some guys in that room, maybe even a guy like Ty Hahn. You know, as a freshman, Ty Hans listed at 6'2, Levi Fox listed at 6'2, uh, you know, Xavier Betts is 6'2 or 6'3. Mm-hmm. Are all of those guys going to be ready to rock and roll two weeks from tomorrow against Ohio State? I, I don't know, probably not mm-hmm. all of them. Um, but they've done more than just add Omar Manning in terms of size and athleticism, upgrades in that room. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll find out sooner rather than later how far along some of those
2: guys are. Parker, Gabriel. Parker, have a great weekend. Thanks for your time, man. Yep, thanks,
1: guys. 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com.
2: Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Good stuff from Parker Gabriel. Bill Dolman's coming up here at uh, Five After Five. Dean Blevins, catch up with him on the way down to the Red River Shootout, Texas, Oklahoma. Someone's got to lose. And is that a third straight for OU, or is Tom Herman's act already thinning out down there in Austin? Danny Burke will get some picks for you with Burke's best bets. Did you just hang up on our caller? No, it was Chris again. And and was he checking email?
0: Yeah, he uh he said I Chris told me to email and I don't know Chris's
2: email. I'm it's like Chris at hailvarsity.com. That's
0: why I just played the the, the intro that had the, the email. Well there. well
2: done. But yeah, I love the the topic of um funny cutouts and I can just picture that awkward glare from some of your favorite columnists. Yeah, while we were talking with Parker,
0: I thought of one more good one. Yeah. You gotta put Waldo somewhere in there. But when it's that's not sold basic. out, he's easy to find. But the thing is, is he's 100% going to get on the TV cameras if you put Waldo in there. If your goal is to get on TV, Waldo's going to make his way onto TV at you know least what, You know what you
2: do? You know what you do? If you're uh, Ryan Held Heldon, the recruiting coordinator. Don't know how legal this is. But put the guys you want for 2022 in order on your board. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The, the problem is, do you number them? Say, yeah, this is our number one guy, number two. Guy. I,
2: I just think you go position. Just put a, put a whole section where the students would be of kids that uh, you're you're in contact with. So you can't be there physically. Let's make sure your cutout's there. You could like take a picture of him and send it to him too, and say, hey, yeah. good to have you at the game today. Or it'd be really, hey, look, you're on TV. You're at Nebraska. Imagine yourself. I think that'd be kind of a fun recruiting tool. Yeah, I'm not sure if the NCA would be cool with that, but hey, it's COVID. What can they do? <laughs> yeah, it's not like they're going to show all up. <laughs> it's, not, yeah, it's not like they're going to show up and bust you. <laughs> so, so last night we bet a steak and a beer. Oh no! And I, uh, I said I need seven points. Not you're, this is why I wanted the three. The three would have been close if
0: Tom would have had a fifth down.
2: Yeah, that was bad. That was that was a senior moment for Tom Brady last night. But I can't believe that happened. And if I'm the Tampa defense, I'm a little bit furious to to, to not only lose but lose outright. And you score, and you take that many trips in, into. The opponent's forty, and you come away with a hundred field goals, and I that was tough to watch because there was a there was a flag every third play last night, and Nick Foles came in and threw a couple of wheel routes, and beat you. Levante played an amazing game. Sue was good. I think Vay, their their interior dude is is done. I mean, he had to be carted off. That's not yeah, good.
0: Out for the year. Sounds Barrett, like
2: Barrett was was really good off the edge. But Chicago, I know they're 4-1 and one now, and that's great if you're a Bears fan and there's lots of you out there. But that that was kind of a joke last night by Tampa. Uh, they'd get a good run game going, penalty, personal foul, holding, go through it. You had a hobbled Evans It still got open. Gronk should have stayed retired. That's a quick hot take through four games five games now and and he he's a shell and shadow of himself he he moves and I love him I Gronk's awesome he's still super talented but he just doesn't he's either not in shape or he's 31 going on 51 right he just he just does not look the same And for Brady to have that mental lapse, that's very un-Brady-like. And he was rattled. I mean, Khalil Mack was phenomenal last night coming off the edge. That one play where he hip-tossed Tristan Wirfs? Wirfs, yeah. That
0: that was just a play that kind of represented the whole game. That's
2: that's Zach Duvall's strength, baby. 101, because that's who coached him up at Buffalo. (laughs) Buffalo. But, yeah, that was was kind of shocking. We'll get more in-depth with some NFL coming up. But since we bet a steak and a beer, and I would have... Even one with the three versus the seven. Since I was forced to take Chicago, you took Tampa. I'm thinking New York Strip. New York Strip? But I will let you get away with, with, um, you can buy me Rolling Rock beer. We can go cheap on the beer.
0: Okay. All right? Okay. When are you thinking, Sunday?
2: We we can, yeah. Uh, Junior's grounded from now till eternity. His mother did that to him last night. Because he's clearly not taking science class with Jesse Pinkman or Walt, the way he did on his science test this week. <laughs> he's probably he been focused on making meth in class. Uh, he'd, he'd sell it. <laughs> he'd be good at that. But, but clearly he he can't he, he can't even put the chemicals together the right way right now. Mm. Uh, let's hear from Ryan Held here real quick. If we got a couple of minutes and uh, dive into the running back situation for Nebraska. Uh, Really enjoyed hearing that. So uh, Coach Held kind of starts off and just assesses the room and spends time on Mills and and maybe what you can see uh, from Mills, all the work he's done in the offseason, but specifically you know how good he finished last year. It started clicking. Uh, Mills has been very outspoken about, uh, his ups and downs through his football career, and uh, he's to be commended for that. And with that offensive line in front of him, man, Mills is, Nebraska's got to win, but Mills is a, a chance to be, you know, an all-conference performer. He's, he's that talented, and he has, you know, 100-plus career starts in front of him on the offensive line. Here's coach held on the running back room.
5: Well, he's definitely uh, gotten a lot better over the past year. And you could see how much progress he made at the end of the year. And it was just more reps he was getting, understanding the footwork and the offense where uh, the runs could hit. Um, you know, so he's done a really good job. He's been a leader in our room. Obviously, we're fairly young, uh, you know, experience-wise, so he's got to be the bell cow. Um, I expect a, a big senior year for him. Um, you know, he's going to have to carry a, a good amount of reps for us. Uh, so, uh, but he's he's done really well up to this point. I know he's excited uh, uh, to keep getting better and get ready for the first game.
2: So there's your bell cow. There's your, uh, your running game that is going to, pace this Nebraska offense you sprinkle in Adrian so question I have is is Adrian going to be your number two rusher on the team behind Mills or is it going to be a Johnson or Tompkins with uh maybe Adrian's your your second best yards per carry guy okay but is is Ramir gonna gonna be a 500 yard back this season uh, here is held on, you know, that second and third team back behind Mills.
5: Well, the the good thing this year compared to before is we we actually have some depth and we have some some good pieces to work with uh, from a numbers perspective. I mean, when you when you talk about returning players, you know, Ramirez Johnson uh, redshirted last year. We were able to save that. Uh, he's done a really good job uh, this fall camp. Uh, he's gotten bigger, probably put on ten pounds or so. Um, you know, he's being more physical, uh, catching the ball better. His understanding of the offense is better. So he's definitely in the, in the mix. Uh, Ronald Tompkins, you know, we didn't know what, what that would look like. Um, you know, uh, with, with his injury and everything, and he's come back and done really well up to this point. You know we just got to be smart with him, uh, you know from a rep standpoint to make sure that, that uh, uh, you know we, we watch the pitch count, so to speak with him, but he's a guy that uh, it's good to see him out there. He hasn't done anything in, in a couple years, and so he's been able to, when we've done some physical stuff been able to get out there and take some hits, which is good and you can see uh, some really good talent there uh, that we're excited about.
2: We'll have uh, final thoughts here this hour next.
5: And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: One final time this hour, Bill Dolman's on the way. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Dean Blevins, Mr. Sooner Insider. What's he feeling for the Red River rivalry? Parker, uh, Gabriel with us uh, this hour. Danny Burke, pride of Chicago. We'll have Burke's best bets. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. And if you're moving in 2020, West Blue Realty specializes in residential home sales in Lincoln. And the surrounding communities they are going to make this move a smooth one for you. And for a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity. They can give you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout at 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly's awesome. He can help as well at 402-202-202. 2312. It pays to work with West Blue. Saw on Facebook that West Blue at 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in Lincoln. They have some Hail Varsity magazines. Shocker. Not really. Uh, you So you, while you wait, you can get caught up on Husker info. WestBlueRealty.com Is where you log on, get an appointment uh, today. Go see Tom Luby or uh, Kelly Hofschneider for sure. And if you have agricultural land you're looking to sell, West Blue's experienced. With doing that, they can handle your needs with agricultural land sales. They have an they have an auctioneer. They can handle live auctions, sealed bids, or general land listings. And they have sold land in Oto and Seward and Lancaster County. They can handle a large radius. West Realty. So carrying the football, Ronald Tompkins been on our mind uh, today. And uh, what what's a, a pitch count look like from him? You just heard Coach Held talk about. Being careful, you heard Parker Gabriel talk about that as well, and you know I'm thinking seven to ten. Maybe that's extreme, but if you get a hot back and 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 Mills has the ability to be a hot back out of the gate, just keep feeding him. Where uh, maybe his carries stretch above seventeen, and the the norm looks like that twenty to twenty five number. He reeled off against Wisconsin. Uh, that would be that would be great. Where you got the offensive line mauling away, and you mix in a little quarterback run. But uh, here is more from Held on some of the uh, the pers- the just the, the way that the Tompkins has persevered uh, to get back. And uh, it'll be anxious and exciting to see what he can do and how much he can carry the football for Nebraska.
5: Well, you know, Ronald, he's been through a lot now, and uh, there was a point where. You never knew if he was going to be able to come back, and he's really persevered. He's really, um, you know, fought through some adverse times, uh, you know, because he was as talented as anyone in America coming out of high school, and, and, you know, whether he would play or not, nobody knew. But, you know, he's really – uh, relied on his his perseverance, and, uh, you know, he's had good days and bad days, just like anybody going through that process. But I've been very impressed with him. He's had a really good attitude, um, you know, and there's a motivational aspect of it uh, that, that uh, we have to do, you know, just to be – you know, talking on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, he's done a really good job mentally uh, because there's been times, obviously, he hasn't been able to do things physically. Uh, but he still can get the mental part of it and uh, and do that. Uh, but he's done really well. Um, you know, but it's a it's a long season.
2: It is a long season. You're going to need plenty of backs carrying the football. And we'll see what Tompkins can do for the big red in that running back room. More thoughts on the running game. Thoughts on McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez, Bill Dolman sent to check in. Next hour can join us. I got the email from Chris with his buddy and that oblique look right after the hail mary against BYU. That'd be quite hilarious to see as a cutout in Memorial Stadium. Hour two's next. Into hour two, Dean Blevins coming up. Is, he'll get us some insight to Oklahoma, Texas. That was supposed to be big, and now it's to keep from continuing to free-frawl. Uh, we'll hear from Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, Burke's Best Bets. The Pride of Fairberry is with us. The man with NBC Sports, Bill Dolman, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Twitter. Billy D, what's up? How are you, man? Well, I'm still
6: exiled out in Colorado. I mean, how would you be? But nevertheless, it's uh, nice to be able to be on the air with you once
2: again. It is good to chat, dude. And I, uh, there's a lot to get into two weeks before kickoff. But we we had a, a, a caller dial in and and say, you know, he's got this cut out of his his buddy, like seconds after the hail mary that BYU completed in 2015, and that's what he's moving forward with as a cardboard cutout inside Memorial Stadium this year. I think that's funny. (laughs) Give me three or four cutouts that, that you, if Bill Dolman's making the yes or the no list, give me three or four cutouts of either coaches or players banned from Memorial Stadium.
6: Oh, a uh, band from Memorial Stadium. Well, uh, as as good of a man as I knew that he became, Keith Jackson, the tight end from Oklahoma, <laughs> who made that catch literally two yards in front of me. Why didn't you stick uh, your foot out? Well, that's one of my great regrets. I, I, I know, and I've apologized many times for not being the athletic director at Nebraska, so we wouldn't have gone through what we've gone through the last uh, couple of decades. But nevertheless, the fact that, uh, after he pushed off and I think it was Brian Davis, Robert Thomas, after he, uh, whoever he pushed off. The fact that I didn't trip him that, you know, that, that, that's pretty tough, uh, to think about. Um, I, I think maybe anybody from Colorado ever, okay. um, it's a, a large list. <laughs> well, yeah, probably.
2: um, it's So we've that's a, got that's, Keith, we have Keith Jackson. I, have well, just became
6: re- a, I believe a Christian pastor, a wonderful guy, you know, a great man in the, in the community and in Oklahoma and in Philadelphia and wherever he is to this day. But still, the fact that he pushed off in front of me and made that catch in, what was it, 86? 86, uh, the
2: all-red game. So I have all Buffs, just in, in capitals, all Buffs. Well,
6: okay, let's put it this way. How about all of the Buffs from 1994, that got onto the field thinking that they were going to win that year, and they all stomped on the end, flipping off the crowd. And then, lo and behold, the the tunnel walk starts up, and they all stopped, stared, and watched it as Tommy Frazier and Mike Minner came down the tunnel with Tom Osborne. Neither one of them in uniform in Colorado watched, and Bill McCartney said, we lost that game watching that video. Yeah. But watching those guys stomp on the end and flip off the crowd, I thought was uh, pretty classless.
2: Would it be in poor taste to have Jamel Holloway Arm in sling yeah, with yeah, the beaver yeah. jacket.
6: Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, that was back when the Nebraska-Oklahoma rivalry was special, you know. And, yet, and I've said it many times when we did Average Joe and, and, and on this show, you know, we hated to love Oklahoma and we loved to hate Oklahoma. And it was similar down there. So, you know, that's what made it the best rivalry in college football. So yeah, you know the Jamel Holloways and the Thomas Lots and the Billy Sims and the Brian Bosworth, but that was great college football. That was great theater, and I do think as much as we hated him, we loved to hate him and hated to love them because you know, over time, you know, people remember how respectful and fun that rivalry really was, as opposed to some of the other things that have been you know forced upon us over the years.
2: So, we'll we'll let some member of the Sooners in that. Is wearing a fur coat either Barry or or uh, Jamel Holloway? W- what about any any past coaches? I, I figured like in, Elijah and I were talking. The 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 w- there's always great seats at Memorial Stadium, but there are some seats where, where Craneck sits. That are, that you know, I mean, airplanes fly by. They're, they're up there, so that's where we could put Desmond Wilbon and Forty. They're three cutouts. The worst oh, well, seats yeah, in the house, I-
6: I don't have a problem with that, although I think those are, happen to be the best seats in the house. But uh, yeah, I actually I wouldn't even want their presence in our stadium anyway. So but, we get three uh, more names then. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, coach. Does th- does the four year case of the flu? Uh, would that be one that would count too? So, ooh, so you wouldn't. Would would our own former coaches? Would that would that count in some way? You know, the, maybe won maybe? The, the Super Bowl. And I'm going to talk to Coach Osborne and go to Omaha two years after he arrived in Lincoln. What, um, what about
2: former athletic directors?
6: Well, that's what I'm talking about.
2: For, former ADs. Okay.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there are a couple, well, two, <laughs> that certainly qualify.
2: Could you have like a penalty box section like, you know, you're, you're serving five minutes uh, in the box for a major penalty? Five minutes? Well, you my know gosh. They're
6: putting us through, you know, 10-20 uh, years of uh, of wandering in the uh, the wilderness uh, I'd be a lot longer than a, than a five-minute major, that's for sure. You could have a
2: jail section is what I'm saying for for for, yeah. AD, for, for ADs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you've uh, heard Coach Frost this week. You've uh, checked things out. We're gearing up towards the season. Bill, what do you feel about the quarterback competition? Uh, it is nice to hear from Adrian. It's nice to hear from McCaffrey what's the right amount you use McCaffrey if Adrian's the guy who wins the job? I mean, what's your, what's your, uh, your look-see on this, sizing up the quarterback spot?
6: Well, I think Nebraska's in a unique situation with uh, the skill set that McCaffrey has um, over Adrian Martinez, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, that he's better. I'm just saying I, I think that with Adrian Martinez, what you have is a quarterback. But if you have McCaffrey on the field, I think you know we saw it a couple of times last year. You, you can put him in the slot. I think you could line him up in the backfield. Now that they've said that uh, Wandell Robinson is you know going to be a slot receiver and and not going to be the you know the the backup running back against the bulk of the carries and is involved in every single play you know passing or, or running. But I, I think that I I think it is intriguing enough to to think about having the both of them on the field at the same time, and not just for, you know, a couple of gadget plays, but legitimate plays to where maybe it's, you know, 10 snaps a, a, a game. Because I think McCaffrey is, is such the athlete that you can utilize him in a, you know, in a, a, a running back is not probably the right way, but as a guy who can carry the football. But you can also have him out there throwing the football in, in somewhat of a trick way. Or you can also have him out there, um, you know, running running routes and catching passes. I just think he's that great of an athlete. Martinez, I think is strictly your, you know, is a quarterback, and that's uh, that's just my observation from afar. But you know, in, in reading about it this past week and, and seeing Coach Corleone meet the uh, the media the other day, that was good. I, I, I get the sense uh, that, and, I, and I'm going to go back in, in time again. You know, when Tommy and Brooke. Were, were at Nebraska at the same time. They were teammates, but they weren't friends. Uh, I, I, they were certainly acquaintances, but they're not, you know, they weren't pals, but they were teammates, and everything was about, you know, for the good of the team, and they had Coach Osborne to, you know, to mentor that relationship. Um, and, and I think, too, I, I think when I, I see this and read about this relationship, I, I get relationship, I get the sense that these guys do get along and are pushing each other, you know, in a competitive sense, but it, with camaraderie. Uh, so I, I don't get the sense that there might be any division as to a, you know, a Luke faction and an Adrian faction. I, I think you know people legitimately look at this and say, you know, we have two really good quarterbacks who are really good guys. Now uh, the onus I think is on Adrian because last year was not good, and we can say it was because of injury, but he was not having a good year last year. And you know, in, in looking at the, you know the game coming up and what I've seen from other teams in games so far, both in the NFL and college. It is imperative that whatever work Scott's doing right now, and I know they're doing a lot of hitting, it is imperative simply that they hold on to the football. And, again, I go the onus is on Adrian Martinez because he has been sloppy with it. He has turned the ball over, and he has made some awful decisions in turning the football over. He's been bailed out by sidelines on errant pitches. So it's not just a matter of holding on to it. It's a matter of thinking through it. Um But I think that for him to be a better quarterback this year, he has got to hold on to the ball and make better decisions. And if he can do that, he'll probably be Nebraska's starting quarterback.
2: How much do you run, Adrian, this year?
6: Well, if the offensive line is as good as they seem to think that it is going to be, and I don't think that there's any reason to doubt that with, you know, five starters coming back and over 100 starts together, uh, I think you have to let those guys, you know, predicate how much you run him. And if that offensive line is going to be good for Adrian Martinez to be the quarterback that he was brought in to be, he's got to run the football. He can't be a drop back guy, and the only time he runs around is getting away from, you know, guys who are trying to drop him for a sack. He has to have that threat uh, to run, just like Taylor Martinez did, you know, back in the day, no relation. Um, You know, Martinez wasn't much of a threat to throw. I think Adrian can be. Uh, Certainly, again, but that goes back to decision-making. But if he can throw efficiently and run the ball as athletically as he is capable of doing and that offensive line, you know, creates the holes and gives him time, he has to run the football. You can't take that away from his game, because if you're going to do that, if you're going to limit Adrian Martinez running the ball, then Luke McCaffrey ought to be your quarterback. Bill Dolman
0: is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Bill, what do you need to see from Adrian in the first couple of weeks of the season to, to keep you from calling for Luke McCaffrey? I mean, obviously the games were so tough at the beginning of the year uh, that I don't think anyone's really expecting Adrian to go 3-1, and 4-0 in those games, but just specifically his performance,
2: whoa, what whoa, do you whoa, want whoa, to whoa, see? Whoa, why not? You're talking to Billy D. Yeah, Fairberry. Uh, He's waving a red flag right now and Yeah, yeah. In well, why,
6: why? Why wouldn't they go four and I mean, we're not Texas or a M. For God's sakes.
0: I, I said expecting to go four and That's
6: well, I do. I'm I'm, I'm talking like five and in the first four games. But go ahead, <laughs> go ahead with your question. I just want
0: to know. what do you want? What do you want to see from Adrian, statistical wise, or just? team leader wise to keep uh, yourself and Husker fans from calling for uh, for Luke McCaffrey to come up with
6: I, I go I go back to I, I go back to it. I, I decision making and holding on to the football. And sometimes the decision making led to not holding on to the football. Whether that's a bad pass at a bad time or you know anybody listening can go through a Rolodex if you know what that is, go through a Rolodex in your mind of, you know, errant pitches. Just just why why are you doing that? I think there was a couple like in the um, uh, I can't think of the games, but, but I want to say Purdue, but I don't think that's right. It, where, where he gets to the sideline and, it, and the ball just comes out and, and, and a pitch and there's nobody there. Or uh, just throwing the ball away, but not throwing it away, throwing it into the arms of a, of a defender. To, to me, it is, you know, live to play another day and not give it away. That's the biggest thing for me with Adrian Martinez. It, are you healthy? You know, because if we see him gimping around and, you know, but I don't think you're going to see that this year because if he's not 100%, I don't think they have any qualms whatsoever about, you know, putting McCaffrey in. Last year was you didn't want to burn McCaffrey's red shirt. Uh, Now, if you've got an Adrian Martinez who is 90%, 85% or less, there's no qualms. You You play McCaffrey because I think we saw in glimpses last year that he is certainly good enough. And if you have Adrian making some bad decisions and pitching when he shouldn't or not holding onto the football, then, y'all again, you have a capable backup in Luke McCaffrey.
2: Bill Dolman's with us, the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Hale Varsity Radio, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, what's your your read on the Omar Manning situation? I know you're, you're again, a little bit from afar, but you've seen super talented guys – Come into the program in different eras, and uh, you just don't know if you're going to have him. Uh, we don't know that we that, that Nebraska won't have him. Uh, nothing's been officially said, but you just you had some 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 delays with with on field uh, reps uh, the last couple of weeks.
6: Yeah, and I've been trying to go back and to think of similar situations with players where, you know, you kind of you, you dance around it and, you know, what's the status, and, and you get kind of sheepish. I mean, the most recent one to me, and I'm not equating whatever Omar Manning may or may not be going through to anything, uh, any illegality right. or whatever the case might be, but I think you can just almost exchange the name Omar Manning for Maurice Washington some of the stories are starting to read a little bit the same way before things really got out of hand, you know, with more recent, it became pretty clear this guy's not coming back. You know, this guy is on the outs, but in the early stages, you know, you've got some of those guys that come in, they're pretty highly touted. And then it's like, well, what's the story here? Oh, we're just, you know, dealing with a few things or I got to get some things cleared up. And, um, you know, so that's, as, as kind of somebody who understands the PR game and the spin yep. and all that, that, that that's, that's the first thing that kind of came to my mind was, you know, do we have a Maurice Washington thing where you just don't quite know what's going on. And again, please don't read anything to any illegality that I, at all. I'm just saying there's something that's just a little off at this point. Um, but I don't think it's a big distraction just yet. I think Scott's got a, Scott seems to have a handle on his football team. And it's one of those deals like, If that card's not on our deck when the game plays, you know, the game starts, then, you know, we we have people that we're confident in um, who are ready to play.
2: Bill, what do you got coming up here? About 30 seconds this weekend. Are you uh, checking out some NFL? you watching the NBA tonight? What's on the Dolman radar?
6: Oh, I don't think there's anything more important in this country right now than the uh, the NASCAR playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking at the uh, the silly season with the changing of Clint Boyer retiring, Jimmy Johnson retiring, Matt DiVenedetto uh, staying with the Woods brothers, I think that's exciting. So, you know, you've got NASCAR. IndyCar, I think, is a week away from it's the end of its season. So, for me... That is what's tidying everything over until we get, of course, to biathlon and cross-country ski season in November.
2: I love that, Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, and Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D will talk next Friday, Bud, and and thanks for jumping on talking some Big Red Ball with us. Always good to talk to you. Go Big Red! All right, there he is, Bill Dolman, with us. We'll hear from Dean Blevins. We get caught up with uh, Dino sooner. Insider, what happens? For uh, them Sooners against Bevo and Company. Dean Blevins next on Hail Varsity. And we're back.
6: Fellas,
1: think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
6: Yes, that's awesome.
2: Back into it it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Oklahoma-Texas weekend, the Red River Rivalry. In route, uh, standout broadcaster and Sooner insider Dean Blevins with his News 9 in Oklahoma City and the Sports Animal also hosts uh, the Lincoln Riley Show at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Dean, it's good to chat with you again. How's the week been in Sooner land?
7: Well, I, I, best, I, I guess the best way to put it is uh, I mentioned that I'm, I'm beginning the drive to Dallas and I, uh, there's a There's a train coming at this exact moment. So the crossbars have been put down, and now there's a traffic jam. So I think that pretty much indicates how 2020 as a whole and how Oklahoma football has been.
2: Dean, what were the expectations? Spencer Radler, high-profile quarterback, and and he's looked better than a first-time starter. I know there's been some mistakes, but I look at this Sooner team, And, Dean, they've scored enough points to win both games, Uh, to uh, be undefeated, I should say. Uh, Defense has been an issue. We've talked about this, uh, it seems like, once a year with with Oklahoma's defense. And uh, have you been able to put your finger on it? You've got a a pretty experienced back end uh, when it comes to your secondary that that isn't playing like it.
7: Well, from uh, your first part of that question was offense. And Rattler uh, has played better than uh, better than most would think. Um, a couple of the interceptions he's only had uh, two or might may have had three, but um, one was tipped. One uh, the receiver broke the wrong way, and, and he threw it in the right spot and it was picked off. And then the other night, um, a play at the end of the game, controversial, probably holding, mm-hmm. um, and any other facility other than playing up in uh, in Ames um, but other than that he's been about as good as you could hope for a freshman to be he's an NFL thrower already it's just a simple matter of and it's this way with with so many players on this team the most important thing for a player a quarterback who's good is just getting reps he's getting the experience all the quarterbacks before him and, and I'll just talk about Baker Mayfield Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, before they started at Oklahoma, or let's say toward the end of their career in Baker's case, they had incredible experience. Uh, Baker started at Tech, had three years at OU. He was on the scout team for a year. Uh, uh, Kyler was down at A&M starting some, and then was on the scout team for a year or two. And you know what Jalen Hurts did before he Mm -hmm. got to Oklahoma. And then you've got Radler who comes in, and is some as a true freshman last year, as a, some scout team work, not a whole lot, and standing around watching uh, practice for the most part, then the virus strikes, no spring practice, then you know what happens in the fall and summer, but that gets abbreviated. And so your kid is thrown out there, uh, and again, a lot of players they have, a lot of young ones like this, that just basically have you have zero experience. And that's been a a huge problem for the Sooners, not only from him, but from a lot of other players. Uh, Oklahoma's got some really, really good football players. They're going to be great uh, in the very near future, uh, signing the number one or getting the commitment of number one receiver again today and flipping kids from Texas uh, in the last day or so to OU. So the the long-term outlook is great. I think all teams have been impacted by COVID, of course, but I can speak from the Sooner standpoint. It really, really has hit them um, in a lot of ways without going into any more detail. Mm -hmm.
2: Dean Blevins is with us, News 9 Sooner Insider. And uh, the sports animal, at Dean Blevins, on Twitter. He's waiting for a train to pass as he's headed on down to Dallas. So, Dean, uh, let's uh, spend some time on a name Nebraska fans know and know well and was once committed here. Uh, Brandon Radley-Hiles, Buki, uh, is, is a guy that's now a junior, and he's played a lot of football for Oklahoma, and he's not alone when it comes to – tackling in space and blown coverages and I'm not here to pick on just him but you just see that in today's offenses going against offenses in college football it's such a stress on defenses specifically when you're in that one-on-one position and Buki had a tough yeah. night in names didn't he
7: well yeah and he's uh, the poster child for what their problems are in the back end Buki is a wonderful young man a great leader. Came in as a five-star, but at a college level, he's nowhere near a five-star player. Uh, Despite being a great kid and leader and all that, he cannot tackle. Uh, He really is about 5'7". They list him at 5'9". He gave up a foot in height to the tight end matchup that Charlie Kolar had the advantage on him last week. So when you you can't tackle and you're 5'7", and you get beat some, you don't need to be on the field. He's such a lovable guy and uh, is smart that he's been on the field. They're making changes. They've got other players in the defensive backfield who are who are decent players, um, but they're all 5'9 to 5'11, and they're getting killed with height. They've recruited really well, and they're going after bigger, taller kids, and they're going to play some uh, freshmen, true freshmen, against Texas. They're going to trot them out a ton of snaps, nor are some of the others that have been really poor. I think it's going to kill them against Texas. I think these kids will make some plays. I think they'll tackle better, but I think Ellinger will expose them, and uh, I see this as a a game that Oklahoma will have a really, really, really tough time of winning, in part because of that.
2: Dean, that's where I was going. You have such a low point spread on this thing, and uh, you've got the experience with Texas. There's been some frustration in the state of Texas with expectations and where things are at with, with Herman, uh, same with A&M, as they've got an opportunity with Florida this weekend. But, you know, what What are you expecting this uh, this weekend down in Dallas? You've already kind of laid out the, the, the game side of things, but you played in those Red River rivalry games. You played and beat Texas uh, on some amazing Sooner teams, national championship teams. Uh, it is going to be is eerie the, the best word based on the crowd and, and just this pandemic, what it's what what it will do this Saturday.
7: Yeah, and I think that by the fact that uh, there won't be as many people, there won't be the state fair going on. Some of the hoopla will be down. I think that'll help Oklahoma, particularly with Rattler and some of the younger kids. But Oklahoma's problem is I mentioned a few COVID related issues. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you realize this, Oklahoma's down to its um, fifth running back. It, 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 coming out of last season, the guy that's going to start for them now would be considered their fifth team running back. Trey Sermon transferred because he couldn't get couldn't beat out Kennedy Brooks, who opted out. He was the Big 12. I think he was the offensive player of the year or something. Mean, anyway, he was really, really good. Uh, the other back, the third one, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be a, an outstanding NFL back. He's unbelievable. And he got suspended. So he is still out for two more games along with a five star receiver and also their best defensive player in uh, Ronnie Perkins, who they were hoping to get back from the Texas game and they're not getting him back. So the running back's a perfect example. They're, they're down to their fifth running back. Uh, in addition to having the inexperienced issues and, you know, just the tackling and and other problems. So they have been just really hammered depth-wise. And it's just been – I'll put it this way. It's been a combination of things that's made it as bad as you could possibly have it outside of your quarterback being hurt at Oklahoma right now. And rarely would I say this in a game, but I don't give Oklahoma much of a chance of winning this game.
2: Dean, a couple of thoughts before we let you go. Uh, you're close with the program. How's Lincoln Riley dealing with this? I know you got to coach him up. I know you got more games to play. You can't dwell on the negative, but you can learn on it and, and get better. Uh, you've laid out the, the reality that Oklahoma's facing. But the, things have gone pretty awesome for, for Lincoln Riley in yeah. his career. How is he handling the adversity and, and leading uh, these young guys?
7: Well, I mean, it's it's gotten to him. Uh, you see the competitor in him. Sometimes we see him over there and see him in a, kind of a calm, relaxed mode, you would think. But his mind's always thinking he is an incredibly brilliant guy. He's a real uh, – players are attracted to him, and it's going to take all of his skill and his staff skill. If they go down and lose this one, then they're on the road to T.C. So you may be looking at just just an unbelievably bad start for them. So it's a real task in keeping those guys together. That's the real battle this week, Chris. Texas and Tom Herman saying the right things, although I think he's selling himself in Texas because I think his job could be on the line. Uh, He's saying that they had their greatest Sunday and everything is unbelievably great. Lincoln is just saying, hey, let's go out there and find out if it is. Um the loser of this game, short-term for Oklahoma, if they lose, will be in really, really bad shape, and it could cost uh, Herman uh, his job.
2: That quick, and I know Texas has been quick to pull the trigger, uh, but wow. Uh, does, well, that, does that now shock you? I'm
7: assuming, you? Chris, I'm assuming now, not that, that, that the Longhorns go 8-2 and two if they lose to OU. Right. I'm assuming they lose uh, more games, you know, a couple right, more games. right, right, right. But uh, but it is really getting hot down there. Do you realize that Oklahoma has beaten Texas eight of the last eleven games? Texas has only won three of those games. Big money Texas people don't like that.
2: <laughs> well, and and you got Gary Patterson that's seven and two against Texas.
7: Unbelievable! That's an even more unbelievable stat. <laughs> and
2: as, as much
7: as I sound kind of down on the Sooners, it's more because of things they can't control. And so they're not going to have a good year this year. But you ought to write that down in pencil because the way he's recruiting and the way this thing is moving ahead, the next quarterback's already committed, the number one player in the country, the Sooners are going to take it to a level that they they haven't seen since 2000.
2: Well, that'll be nice, and they're on Nebraska's schedule, so thank you for that, Dean. Uh, <laughs> Dean Blevins. Uh well, we look forward to hooking up, I'll tell you that. Be good. Sooners insider. Dean, be good, safe travels, and thanks for a few minutes. Okay, pal. Got to love Dean Blevins, and, you know, Dean's been doing this for, for so long. We just talked to Bill Dolman, and, and Bill, for years, was the host of the Tom Osborne Show. Dean Blevins has been the host of the, the the Lincoln Riley show, the Bob Stoops show, Barry Switzer. I mean, go down the list, and that's that's Dean in his connection with the program, and with Buki, for him to to be able to 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 say nice things about the character of the kid and the personality, but also call it like he's seeing it. With all right, this is a five star junior. That gets worked by tight ends and is still having problems tackling. That's that's how you, I guess you, you criticize without making it personal. And it was pretty good insight there from Dean Blavins. Danny Burke's next.
1: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now... Say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the
8: body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy.
2: Back with it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It is time for Burke's Best Bets. The pride of Chicago is Danny Burke with Veeson. And he hosts the uh, Rush Hour Monday through Friday, and Bet on Chicago on eight ninety in the Windy City, and of course he's on Fox Sundays for that Chicago Bears pregame. Uh, you got your uh, your Bear visor on, Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, my friend. What a what a hang on by Chicago last night.
8: Schmitty, believe it or not, I'm actually wearing my Bears beanie that I got a couple of years ago. And that was not intentional. I've just been kind of liking to wrap it around the, the house. Sometimes it's a little bit chilly in the morning. But, I mean, how about it? I, You know, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. The two bets that I actually ended up having was the Bears team total under twenty and a half, which obviously they ended up with 20. So that was a nice little sweat there. And then what we've been doing with our show, Rush Hour, um, with Bet Rivers, who we're partnered with, we're allowed to, like, come up with some of these props, and they'll put up up a little section for us. So if you're in Illinois and you go on the website, there's decent Rush Hour bets on the side, and it's some props that we come up with and everything. And the one that really stood out to me um, was Tom Brady to have more completions than Bears to have points. So that one hit as well, so... Um, on those, it was nice two and zero. I did put in a lot of live bet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I put in a live bet against my Bears when, when I saw Brady yelling on the sidelines and trailing <laughs> at half. It seemed like it was almost too good to be true, but then we see him forget allegedly that it was fourth down and i don't know he just didn't look the same and the bears defense stepped up when it needed to and so did nick Foles, despite everybody saying to put chabinski back in in the first half but no that was a good and surprising win for sure
2: danny burke's with us burke's best bats pride of chicago and danny burke five is on twitter is where you find him so danny let's uh, look some college football in the eye texas oklahoma You want to talk about two teams struggling. Nobody in Nebraska is shedding tears for either. OU's at minus two and a half. What do you think of that?
8: Yeah, so every week we make about five picks in college football for our points spread weekly uh, digital magazine. And this is probably one of the ones I like the most in this spot. Now, Oklahoma screwed me last week, I'm not going to lie, and this was after I backed Iowa State uh, State the week before. So it's kind of going back and forth on both of those teams. But, look, we know Iowa State still has a solid offense. Brock Purdy and Matt Campbell do a tremendous job. And Oklahoma, look, they've just looked rough so far. But when you look against the opponent this week being Texas, I think it's a really good spot for Oklahoma. As we know, Texas is ranked, but despite that, Oklahoma opened up as a favorite, and you're still seeing money go that way. Now, when you're usually a public better, you usually see a team ranked as an underdog in a rivalry match like this and go, why? They're giving me points, I'll take that, whatever. So the sharper play seems to be more with the Sooners here. And Texas, as we know, they get about 51 points per game so far. Oklahoma's at about 38. But Texas also allows about 31 points per game. Oklahoma's defense has been shoddy, but relatively solid from what we've seen in years past, 25 points allowed. Uh, the big thing is on the ground game, and rushing yards allowed. Texas is at 127, and Oklahoma's at 85. When it comes down to it, you're below the key number of three. I think it would be hard to envision. It's not hard to envision, I guess, at this point, but you know, it would just seem weird to see Oklahoma lose three in a row. I mean, Spencer Rattler had so much hype coming in around him heading into the season. Hasn't necessarily lived up to it. I mean, he's been solid. But I think they finally have their breakout game, and I think they cover. I got it at two. I would still lay the two and a half. I think Oklahoma gets the winning cover against the Longhorns.
2: Is it just an automatic? You go overs with everyone in the Big 12 aside from West Virginia?
8: I'm thinking in general you go over it's either overs or nothing I mean last (laughs) week I took probably about three overs and they all hit and I took a couple more this week but I mean in any sport baseball NFL college football everybody keeps saying you're a sucker if you take the under and really that's kind of been the theme so for me at this point besides taking the Bears team total under it's just I'm taking overs or I'm staying away from the total so I definitely wouldn't talk anybody into betting the
2: under Danny Burke Prime of Chicago is with us Burke's best bet sent Danny Burke 5 on Twitter how about Mississippi State, Kentucky, the Pirate. What a what a statement out of the gate against LSU. Kentucky, winless and uh, the Wildcats minus two here. This is a tight one to call, isn't it?
8: I know it is, and you and I were briefly talking about this, but look, Kentucky on the defensive side is really where I'm kind of suspect on them. They allow about 36 points per game, and Mississippi State, yes, are coming off a bad loss against Arkansas last week. They had the impressive win against LSU in week one. Look, with KJ Costello and Mike Leach, I just like taking the points in this spot. I'm just not so sure about this Kentucky team is really my concern. It's not much as, as, as more of a bet on Mississippi State as it is I'm uncertain with this Kentucky team, and you're giving points to this offense that's very capable of putting up big numbers in Mississippi State. So I took the two and a half with Leach and Costello, so we'll see what happens here. I have a little bit more confidence in the Oklahoma pick, but I still do like Mississippi State catching some points in this spot.
2: All right, so you like uh, the Pirate, you like the Sooners. Let's go to the NFL. How about Cleveland, man? They erupted free. boatload of points. Uh, are they going to be able to to stay on track uh, offensively without Nick Chubb? The Colts also at 3-1. and one. What do you like here that, that says even where I'm looking?
8: Yeah, so this one opened up at about like 2.5 or so in favor of the Colts and uh the total was at 47 so the total's been pretty steady but i actually leaning toward the colts in this spot now at two and a half it was a prime teaser spot when you tease a short homer road dog at about one to three points you tease them through the three and through the seven the browns fell under that category but i didn't take them because i could just see this being a classic browns letdown scenario where not only do they lose but they don't cover their teaser So we saw how great this Colts defense was against the Bears this past weekend. It's not to say the Bears and the Browns had the same offense, but ever since week one where the Colts had their lackadaisical performance against the Jags, they've really been stepping up. That offensive line is great. The defense has been stout. So I actually lean toward Colts' money line, and now that it's even, you're getting a better price. So I think the Colts win the game outright. I lean a little bit toward the under here just because of how good that Colts' defense is, and I think the Browns' defense can do enough to slow down the Colts' offense, which isn't that solid. But uh, when it comes down to it, I think everybody's just getting fascinated and infatuated with what the Browns did against the Cowboys who have such a bad defense, completely different beast going up against the Colts this time around. So I think the Colts win this game outright.
2: Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago with Vison. Uh, Rush Hour is his daily show, also with Fox uh, when it comes to the Bears pregame. And hear him with Bet on Chicago on 890 in the Windy City at Danny Burke5 on Twitter. Danny, about a minute and a half here. Just a quick feel on the Yanks or Rays tonight or Miami and L.A. Uh, of course, it uh, could be closeout night for LeBron and company.
8: Look, they're putting on the black Mamba jerseys. I think it's definitely close closeout game, Schmitty. I mean, you don't do that without making a statement. But as as in terms for the spread, it's been really tricky. I think I'd maybe want to dabble with the total, if anything, right now. Because you see Los Angeles laying about seven. What I tend to do is look more into props. And, and I'll probably end up making a decision a little bit later on, closer to game time. But... Um, yeah, maybe with this total at 216, you've been seeing a lot of high-scoring games in this battle between the two, except for the last one when that was just so slow. you got to think the pace has picked up a little bit more so, especially with Miami facing elimination. So that's maybe how I'd consider tonight's NBA game. But as in terms for baseball, I mean, look, how can you fade Garrett Cole here? And I'll probably stay away just because it's chalky on New York as at this point. But Garrett Cole is hard to go against at any time, specifically in the postseason. However, at the same time, Glass now is an absolute stud, too. This total is a shorter one. Maybe you look at a first five under just because they'll they'll be playing this one really tight in an elimination game. So if you can get it maybe three and a half or four first five under, that's the way I would look as opposed to the whole game and laying a lot with the Yankees.
2: Catch up with him, Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets and Danny Burke Five on Twitter. Pride of Chicago, brother. Good to get caught up. We'll talk next week.
8: Sounds good, my man. Have a good one, Schmitty. Miss us?
1: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: One final time, it's uh, Friday edition winding down weekend. Back at it tomorrow. Mark Cranach, myself. You in? I am in. With our homeboy, uh, Damon, binge-watching a plethora of Netflix. Which is good. Good for him. I mean let's do we think he's going to be up at 6:30 in the morning though? Wait, you know what we're going to do? Can we should Cranach can do like 100 different voices including like Joe Pesci. Uh-huh. We should call Damon up like at 7:10. Have Cranach do his Joe Pesci voice. Prank call him? Prank call him that he's won a prize. And uh, he's going to be the the cardboard cutout kid that somebody will walk right before kickoff. You know how they do the kickoff kids? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they need like a picture of him? We need need his his worst grade school or yearbook picture to blow
0: up. We got to make sure that he has his ringer on. I don't know how to do that unsuspiciously. Well, in the old studio line
2: be a giveaway <laughs>
0: well I think if I call them on this we have two lines for ESPN you know the other ones Line, apparently the, the other one's got some weird number on it that I've called some people on it and they've been like oh I've, my caller ID came up saying this was something
2: some completely random business hmm. it was Borat cell I think it was some nail salon that actually the yeah that's happened Taking calls for the post game show. Someone trying to get their frickin' eyebrows done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good idea, though. Yeah, we might just leave him alone. Just send him some soup. <laughs> get the feeling better. That'd be that'd be good. But I, I think the prank call idea is much funnier. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. because I mean, like, are you, do you have a lock this weekend? Like, are you? What game are you most interested in? Is it Oklahoma, Texas? Is it Florida? A and M is I, I want to see Clemson. Miami is that thing even going to be close? I got Clemson big in that one, but I'm going to stay away from
0: it because I haven't watched enough of Miami. The the one I really like, I'm going against Danny, and that's I like Texas covering against Oklahoma. It's a, well, it's end, the, there's fourth Red River shootout compared to uh, Spencer Rattler's first. And I know there's no fans there really. It's uh, what's what, do we know what the limit is that they're going to have in the Cotton Bowl? Here, here I, don't, Cotton I
2: don't know Bowl. the I don't know the numbers, but I I know that. Dean Blevin sure as hell talked to me out of putting any money on Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, and I was never big on the Oklahoma boat, and I just think that Sam Ellinger, his fourth time in the Red River shootout, he's only won it his freshman year. Uh, he's- if, if Texas
2: wins like three games this year, do you think they'd pop Herman already? They have the money to do it, but... I'd be inclined to think so, because he's brought some drama to that Texas program, too. I think they moved on from strong too soon because Charlie Strong had to de-country club that place. Mm-hmm. They had gotten so fat and happy and soft and really good ESPN article on just, you know, why A&M and, and Texas have sucked. They, they've gotten too arrogant with their recruiting. Look at all the Texas quarterbacks that went everywhere but Texas the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, catch the podcast uh, in the on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com, also the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle. Elijah will get some SoundCloud stuff uh, uploaded. Big thanks to Parker Gabriel, Bill Dolman, Dean Blevins, Danny Burke, Elijah Herbel, Chris Schmidt. Back at you tomorrow morning, weekend edition, 7 a.m. with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.